what's going on with us is, is we were literally just trying to have uh, honest discussions uh, with with uncomfortable discussions with anybody that's willing to have them. Um, right. We're raising up melanated voices and we're being very, very bold in that. We're being very loud in our support of uh, black indigenous or people of color front advance and getting them in the conversation. And that's going to happen everywhere all the time. You're listening to Having a Chat on CJRU in Toronto, the show where we take interesting people with interesting tastes in music and talk to them about the music that they love. All right, so in my opinion, one of the most exciting bands coming out of the city of Toronto at the moment is a garage punk group called the OBGMs. They are loud, proud, unapologetically themselves, and we're very excited to have Dens from the OBGMs with us to chat about some music. This is Having a Chat. man well uh thanks again for uh for joining us so we uh appreciate you taking the time um yeah so man not doing anything. it's pandemic right <laughs> i'm just gonna be <laughs> so i'm not going on my world tour world yeah, tour is my exactly. house. <laughs> well so that so that kind of brings me to you know something i wanted to talk about before we you know we first before we get into the songs and stuff you know what's it like for you guys you know you're such a live centric band, right? Like, you know, your, your shows are, are, are kind of, you know, like yeah, notorious in, in the, in the Toronto scene at least. Right. Like, so what, what's it, what's it been like for you guys, you know, not being able to gig? It's a, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like, like the longer part of the story is that uh, last year um, I took a long time off of music because uh, I was dealing with like, you know, this is the general insecurities of being in a band. So I was like, I need right. to know if I can do this. So I took a whole year off, wrote an album, uh, and came back like, this is going to be the album. We're going to blow up. Give me my Grammy. Give me my Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, and now we can't play shit. Listen, man, uh, when you got a plan, know that there may be another one. Uh, so what's the best part about this is that, um, yeah, we can't play shows, but we can still make an impact. And it's really forced yeah. artists to bring... Uh, bring attention to their art in different means. Like a lot of musicians want to be about just the music, but there's there's no place that that can go except online right now. So you really got to build your profile online. And uh, at the end of the day, we're just about communicating uh, like what we're about publicly. And if that's on a stage, uh, we're gonna turn everything that we have into stage. So right now, that's Instagram. Right. <laughs> so uh, so it's fun times though. Um, not hopefully we'll be back to playing in the next two years, right? Because, yeah, uh, sure. and what will the landscape look like when you're playing? Like, is mosh pits gonna still be a thing? Like, is that a right. thing anymore? Uh, so, <laughs> like, for your guys' right? sake, man, Ooh, I really like, hope oh, so. Well, yeah, that's what I do, or I'm gonna have to become a singer-songwriter, and I don't have the voice <laughs> so. <laughs> so, like, what is it that you, that you guys are trying, you know, because the online presence is such an important thing. I mean, even, even when, when gigging is a thing, right? Like it's just, that's just kind of the nature of the game at this point, but what is it that you guys have sort of really tried to communicate and, and sort of, you know, create as like your image that you put out there? Yeah. Um, you know, like right now, 
Uh, that's a that's a really really deep question. I want to answer it twofold. Uh, the most important thing to me right now, honestly, isn't even just our music. Um, right now, I believe we are for the first time in my life in a really really good period of social consciousness, where people have been willing to have conversations with me that they would have never even considered having before. Um, but right now, I it is my sole motivation in life to uplift uh, uh, BIPOC, BIPOC uh, fronted bands uh, mm -hmm. into mainstream culture. Uh, it's my sole purpose. I feel like this is what I was meant to do um, because it feels like there's a system uh, built in place in which these bands are not uplifted. If you look at how um, if you look at how you consume music and how playlists are curated and you're gonna peruse on uh, what bands are lifted up this, I'd, I'd be saying that the, the BIPOC bands are few and far between. So uh, I do feel that like more than the music, I need to lift the message and lift my people mm -hmm. because I got into this because I saw a black guy on stage and he was rocking out and he was still like really, really West Indian. So it was like, I really, really connected with it. I saw it mm -hmm. and I feel if more people see themselves in different lights, it helps uh, continue the growth of, of music. We're in a place where we can actually have these conversations now, it's great. Uh, but secondarily, um, what is our message about, man? Our, our message is about, I think this is the next most important lessons I've learned is not being meek, not being quiet. Um, mm -hmm. I feel that whatever we're about, we're gonna be about it loudly, and especially mm -hmm. for our music, we're gonna be about it loudly and, and tell you what we feel on it. Uh, mm -hmm. I feel there's not a band that does what we do on a record. I feel we're the Kanye West of this shit, like I really do. <laughs> so, 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 so I'm not, a lot of uh, musicians kind of retreat into self-deprecation, they kind of just, mm -hmm. you know, hang back and uh, discuss like internal things, but don't necessarily project their, their, their true feelings and thoughts about their music. I'm gonna let you know that, and I'm not gonna be quiet about it. Right. <laughs> we the best. We the best. <laughs> like we the best. Nirvana. Nirvana. Like the Beatles. Like we the best. <laughs> so that's my next. That's my. Those are my two motivations, and now I'll be using our platform to let you know that we're the best, and let you know that there's a bunch of other people that are amazing too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I hope that answers the question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it does. So, and, and so, what do you? What do you think? Because the it seems like playlisting has become like such a huge part of like just the way the industry operates you know like i i had um some of my friends are in this band called fadeaways and they were over last night and they were talking love about fadeaways uh, oh, like no, they, they, rep, they rep us man like and i've been like oh we'll talk about that after but like yeah, yeah, well, they, they they're literally their recording studio is literally right in front of me right now they've set up their studio yeah. in my basement um but they were they were over last night and they and they were talking about you know just like how the thing that you have to do is get playlisted. So what can, yeah. like, what do you think can be done just, you know, on that front to sort of uplift BIPOC voices? Yeah, you know what it is, is um, it's gonna take bands to be unafraid to have these questions. It's gonna take labels to be unafraid to, to question how these things are happening. Um, right. uh, it's gonna take radio stations to be unafraid. Um, it's a there's a large deep socioeconomic uh, issue that is underlying that I don't think we've yet fully extrapolated. Um, the issue is that streaming is a business. Uh, radio is a business. Um, and that business operates, sorry, I've got cars running my <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, it's all good. Uh, 
uh, that business operates by a supply and demand. Um, so the bands that are fronted are uh, are generally uh, not people of color, uh, and some of those bands are having success. Uh, and uh, sorry, one second, just having a meeting. <laughs> Someone's having a meeting. Uh, that's my fiance. I'm yelling at. <laughs> um, uh, some of those bands uh, are are having success. Uh, so in a business model, you're going to, there's a demand for it. I'm gonna go ahead and supply more of this, more of this sound, more of uh, this look. So you keep on consuming this amount. Uh, uh, a lot of these bands have access to resources to get to these people. Uh, so you keep that messaging going and nobody asks the question, why? Uh, why is it this band over this band? Why is it? Is each of these bands are equally talented. Um, it's just that this one fits the look. Uh, this one fits the sound. This one, they had the resources to get it to me. Uh, and that's how the system kind of just keeps on going. Um, so hold on, let me, uh, I, I just got distracted. The question directly, could, could, you, could you repeat it for me? <laughs> well, just, you know, like what, what, what can be done on sort of, you know, um, like. Oh yeah, what can be done, yeah. yeah. What can be done? Uh, a, few, a few different things, uh, and I'm gonna take it upon myself. Uh, the first thing that needs to be done is we need to, um, we need to rid ourselves of all fear of what people think. Um, particularly the uh, black indigenous people of color bands, I do believe that it is their responsibility to individually raise awareness to these issues loudly, very, very, very loudly and regularly. Um, talk about it on their social media regularly. Let them let people identify and know that, hey, there is an issue. Um, first, uh, uh, first thing that you need to know if you ever have a problem is to identify what the problem is. Um, secondarily, uh, the partners uh, that are involved with that need to have internal discussions with themselves. Um, uh, how can they, they've created a business model that unfortunately does not benefit uh, people uh, without access to funds uh, and does not benefit, uh, let's just call it what it is, black, indigenous, or people of color. So how do they promote this message internally and be inclusive when we're dealing with people that have equally similar and great songs, right? Um, they're individually going to have to start carving out mandates in which they divide resources to actively look for these bands. Um, so how are these bands being brought to the attention of streaming services? A lot of this is labels and individuals, right? Uh, distributors. So those individual distributors, uh, whoever it is, whether it's your labels, your labels distributor, whatever it is, um, they're gonna have to start looking for acts that don't look and fit the same model that you've had before. The reason why they've been doing that is because they want to find the next Justin Bieber. I'm gonna go ahead and produce 20 hundred acts that look like him. I want to find right. the next whatever band. I want to find the next Nirvana. I'm gonna make sure I hire only bands that look and sound like Nirvana. It's a business. Um, so they have to individually change their business model and look for different sounding acts, different looking acts, so they can now supply it to the rest of the world. There's a lot of different things that need to happen. Same with radio. Um, radio's getting their music from major, from other distributors. They need to carve out different times. I think the best way that we have to do this is really just work from it from one step at a time and everybody individually recognize and publicly recognize that there's a problem. Uh, after that, let's just start making the steps towards it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, 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 it almost... <laughs> well, it, it, it almost seems like they're sort of taking the approach of like, you know, if it ain't broke, why fix it? Kind of, you know, like, let's just keep getting bands that kind of look 
looking, yeah. you know, the same and, and just. Why would you fix it? It's we're, yeah. we're earning more money than ever. Like, yeah. why would we fix this? Why do we need to fix it? Nobody's identified a problem. Supply and demand has taught us that there isn't a problem. People are yeah. still buying, people are still consuming, right? Uh, and if, and bluntly put it, let's just call it what it is individually. If you are unsatisfied with how the system was working, you would take your money elsewhere. And right. bluntly put, people aren't unsatisfied. Uh, so that's how we that's how we control this narrative. So if you don't actually recognize individually that there's a problem publicly, it's going to stay the same. Uh, yeah. So got to do it as much as possible. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so I want to I want to bring things into into your uh, into your music now. Um, so the way the show works is I I kick off with. Uh, you know, I get to pick one of your songs and then we'll get into your choices. Uh, I wanted to start off with a song called Cash. Um, it, it's, uh, it's a really, really great tune, man. I, I've, I've been sort of, you know, pump, like playing it just to get pumped up the last few days. Like I've been super, super stoked to chat with you. So, um, but what can you tell us about this tune? Um, like I would say that is freedom to me, you know? Um, that's my freedom song. Like, I, like, when I was writing this song, I really was, we wrote that, I rewrote, I rewrote that song maybe 10 or 20 times over the last, like, three years. Uh, and it just didn't sound real. Like, none of it was real. And then I was like, yo, what's going on right now? Nobody's paying attention to us. Um, I'm alone in the studio five nights out of the week up till midnight and all the songs I make suck because they're not real. <laughs> so, so that song was literally about, man, like I, I want my, I want my comeuppance. Like right. you haven't heard a band do what we do on a record, like on a whole record, you listen to a whole OBGN's record and the next whole OBGN, you've never heard a band that really done this. So it's time not to be bashful about it. So I really wanted to, we really wanted to release that song first to slap people in the face and be like, yo, we're here. Uh, pay yeah. attention. Like you, you don't know a lot of bands that do what we do, and especially yeah. not on our record. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So, what do you what do you think it is that sort of stops artists from being real? I mean, and you, I guess you can speak ah. to it in, in your own case, but like just in general. Yeah, I'll, I can speak to it in my own case, uh, and I'm confident it would resonate with other people. Is that it's the same business model? Like being a musician is so personal. You are taking your heart, or you should be at least taking your heart, putting it on your sleeve putting it in people's ears in a very, in a way that they can uh, subjective, objectify, whatever it is, they literally are going to judge your heart. Yeah. <laughs> They're judging your heart. They're judging your heart. They're going to call it trash. They're going to call it great. They may have the worst of it all, have in complete indifference <laughs> to, to, yeah. to it. So, so like, you, you, that's a struggle. Um, so if you put your heart and soul into something and it doesn't resonate that you wish it would the way you wish it would and all musicians wish it would. Um, it makes you want to change the recipe sometimes. Uh, what's working? What's working? So I find, I found that me, myself personally, uh, I would try to compromise uh, myself and try to find a way to fit the system. I would try to find a way to make music that one, this will give people entry point to me. Right. Uh, but it sounds like something that they've they has elements of something that they might have heard. Uh, but in that is an institution uh, that is inherently racist. I got to be real. Um, yeah. It's forcing artists to be something else to gain acceptance, and in that is just not true. It's not like it's just visible. So, 
So that's what happened to me for a long, long time. Like I've had, I struggled a really, really long time with honesty and being honest with myself on the type of music that comes out of my body. Uh, so I wonder, I'd wonder if it would happen to anybody else, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's what I can say about that. Um, but now I think people just kind of just need to, the, be the best lesson I ever really learned uh, was from Steph, uh, from Pup, uh, <laughs> and uh, is literally just about be honest in what you're saying and make sure you're, yeah. you're getting your, make sure you're getting your point across. Uh, yeah. So I get it. The, you're writing a bunch of words on a piece of paper. Now, what are you actually trying to say here? Um, yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. So it really yeah. made me live more deliberately uh, in getting the message across. And I think uh, pretty much all musicians should do that. Like really think about what are you getting out in the, in the world? What messages are you trying to convey? Uh, and, uh, and make sure the parts, like a lot of people aren't really listening to every single word, right? So right. make sure the parts that you need them to hear are pronounced in a way that they can hear it and sing along. <laughs> and, and that's it. <laughs> and that's it. That's the only yeah. advice. That's the best advice I ever got. Yeah, sweet. All right. Well, this is Cash on CJRU. Um, all right, let's get into uh, let's get into your song picks. Um, we've got Danny Denial with uh, White Tears, Fake Queers. Uh, what can you tell us about this tune? This tune, I, I got to tell you, when I'm in the car, this is the only thing I'm listening to on repeat right now, man. It's just such a big, big tune uh, for the LGBT community, just for any community, any people. It's just the best way to really describe it is just gotta listen to it. Like I love his yeah. lyrics, I love his voice. I think it's powerful. Um, I think I think I think he's one of the futures. Period. Yeah. 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 Sweet. All right. Well, sometimes you know I can't I can't put it any better than that. Let's give it a listen. This is Danny Denial with White Tears, Fake Queers. I'm CJRU. Do you think you will ever be queer? 
Next up, we've got uh, we've got Troy Irons uh, with Troy. flowers. Oof. Troy Irons, the most slept upon rock star I have ever met. The most slept upon life. She is a workhorse. She has an amazing voice. She's the best. She's the best. Uh, she's the best. Um, I mean, from the bottom of my heart, I love every single thing that she's ever put out. I think she makes timeless music. Right. So I'm, I'm interested in, in sort of your take on rock and roll music. I, I was watching an interview that you guys did um, back in 2015 after playing at Oceaga, where you said that like, you only really started listening to rock and roll music when you wanted to like start a band. So yeah. like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> So like what were what were what kind of prompted that change? Like what was it that sort of made you say like, oh, maybe maybe this is this is the move for me? Yeah, you know, I I played other instruments. Uh, I went to school and I also went to school for music. 
And my, my instruments were just not cool and sexy. Uh, right. I played the trumpet, uh, I played the trombone a little bit, and I played the French horn, that was my instrument. So like, anytime you take those out, uh, at the party, people can be like, "Shut the fuck up!" <laughs> like they don't want to hear. They don't want to hear that, right? So, um, so I found that when I went to the musical for a production, that was also the only person that didn't play piano or drums, bass, or anything. So I was like, "I need to learn an instrument." Um, so I picked up a guitar. Um, my sister um, would probably be my first and primary influence on getting into rock because I remember sitting in the basement of my mother's house and her uh, discovering the strokes and uh, me being like, oh, what is this? <laughs> what is this? Uh, and, and I was, and I was like, just hooked. I remember finding the strokes. I remember finding Arctic monkeys. I remember finding killers. Um, so I was into rock before I started a band, uh, but I wasn't deep. <laughs> I like, right. I became a, I became a, I became a student after I started a band. Uh, uh, yeah, like my sister was probably my biggest influence in in just shaping the type of music that I listened to that I was open to listening to. Uh, being from where I was from, like it was still taboo to be listening to rock and roll, right. um, like and and being black for some for some reason, like uh, yeah. it just wasn't a thing. Uh, well, you know what the reason is, but it shouldn't be a thing. Uh, and I just I just wanted to do something different. And at that time, everybody in Toronto was rapping and producing. Rapping and producing, so like I like rock, I like Nirvana, I love NERD, uh, I love NERD, I love the Carps, uh, which is the first band that rock show I ever went to. Mm -hmm. I can do this, um, and that's how it came out to me. Yeah, sweet. All right, well, this is Troy Irons with Flowers on CJRU. Thank God for the noise we could be making in my bedroom. Thank God for all the choices we can make.
I hate flowers. Um, all right. So next up, we're going to do this thing that we do every episode. Same questions for everybody. Just a lightning round of questions. Um, okay, okay. Just, uh, and, and you, 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 I, I usually we do it earlier, but I, to be honest, I kind of forgot. Um, so <laughs> um, let me just, let me just pull them up. Um, all right. So first one is, uh, is where'd you grow up? Uh, Toronto, Ontario. I grew up on a street called Neptune Drive. Beautiful. Um, uh, first concert. First concert that I ever went to was like the first public concert or first rock concert. I don't, I don't, I think I don't remember the first concert I've been to. I would say the first show I ever remembered being to was the Carps at uh, Horseshoe. That's the first show I ever, so it might've been the first show to be honest. Wow. Yeah. Love the horseshoe. Hopefully they, uh, you know, they come back with a bang when this is, uh, when this is all done. Um, first first album you ever bought. First album I ever bought was, uh, First album about those ever purchased for me. I have no money. Uh, was uh, <laughs> uh, two albums at the same time for my birthday. It was uh, uh, Master P, uh, No Limit Soldiers, uh, and uh, and uh, Puff Daddy and the Family, No Way Out. Uh, wow. So the first two albums that I ever owned. The first ones I ever bought with my own money was uh, Nirvana, Nevermind. Wow. And sweet. Uh, yeah, sweet. Um, uh, guilty pleasure artist. Oh Jesus Christ. Guilty pleasure artist. It's got to be the most ignorant of rap. Um, <laughs> it's got to be the most ignorant. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Um, that's a tough one. I would say, historically of all time, it would be Lil B, the bass god. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Lil B, that would be my guilty pleasure rap. But if you look for anything ignorant, uh, anything you know, with triplets and ignorance, uh, you best believe I'm going to be out here. Uh, whatever includes selling some drugs, uh, shooting a motherfucker, <laughs> whatever, then, then you best believe that that's something that I primarily listen to. Because uh, I'm selling drugs <laughs> <laughs> Um So second last one, Beatles or Stones? Oh. Um, stones. Yeah, sweet. And then yeah. uh, last one, uh, Liam or Noel Gallagher? None of them. I think they're overrated. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I think they're overrated. None of them. Myself. I don't. I don't like. I just uh, like. Let's let's really talk about Oasis. Like, can many people name five songs from Oasis? As a person that's never really really got into them. Not not in North America, probably not. But in the UK, definitely. And like basically everywhere outside of North America, definitely. Okay. So unfortunately, I just never got into it because I was just like, yo, I know Wonderwall, which was the <laughs> first rock video I ever watched. And I was like, yo, this is great. But everything else is kind of eh. um, yeah. But in all seriousness, if you really want to choose, you got to choose. Uh, you got to choose who has a high flying birds. Who writes the songs? That's Noel. You got to choose Noel. Uh, all right. Sweet. <laughs> Even though he's not the front man. You like you like the songs, right? So yeah. Well, so. and and the reason I, I thought it was interesting to ask you that is because you were saying that like, you know, just unabashedly like, you know, we're the best at this. Like, and that and that was so their vibe. Like, you know, we think we're listening to man. You don't think <laughs> I knew? <laughs> Absolutely, I knew that. Gallagher, this man. Yeah. For real. Um, all right. So let's uh, let's get back into uh, into your song picks. We've got. Uh, the Muslims with Call the Cops. Uh, what do you like about this group? 
Jesus, the, this is punk. This is punk. Um, is an all uh, PLC fronted a Muslim LGBT punk band, lyrical geniuses, um, saviors of punk. Yeah. Where are these guys from? Uh, they're from Durham, North Carolina. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, I love North Carolina. It's a great, 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 great uh, state. Uh, I used to hang around Durham, Raleigh uh, back in the day. Um, love that place, man. So a lot of good music, a lot of cool punk scenes uh, in the RDU area, you know. Yeah. Uh, but sweet. these guys, take these guys in. Go ahead and listen to their whole catalog. catalog. <laughs> All right. Sweet. All right, well, let's give it a listen then. Uh, this is The Muslims with Call the Cops on CJRU. <sighs> So before we before we get into um, the the next tune, I uh, I kind of want to ask you about just like what your perception is of like the punk scene as it currently stands in Toronto. Just like more out of like a personal curiosity than anything. Um, you know, there the punk scene in Toronto, the punk scene and the music scene in Toronto. Toronto is an important music town to the world. I think. Uh, I think we have produced a lot of punk rock grudge important bands um, mm-hmm. i would say the most important of those bands to me right now is pup um they are amazing they deliver quality records time and time again and they're an important band the the issue with toronto um when it comes and just in just in music in general for this city is that it really takes a lot for people to support uh what's going on they're looking for you to get abroad before they realize how cool you are uh right here so it's it's, it's a sad thing um, but that being said, I do think uh, there are some exciting things that are going to be happening in this scene. Uh, one is us, <laughs> and uh, and uh, like uh, we'll save you. We'll save you if you if you send me to New Orleans to go get famous first. That's fine. We'll save you. The thing is that this city still has not, in my opinion, found an identity uh, like on the kin of of this is the person for rock they are from toronto this is your spokesperson this is your savior right. like best way for me to put that is like drake for hip-hop yeah drake is from toronto drake is the king of hip-hop for the last decade you know yeah. he's from toronto uh he reps toronto we don't i don't think we have anything like that and it'd be very very exciting 
for us to happen. Uh, and I think it's going to happen uh, over here. <laughs> yeah, you, think, you think it's going to be you guys? Well, you know, who's approached it like that? I don't think anybody's really approached it like that because, because it's not in their brand to. We don't have a brand. We don't, like, nobody cares about us. We don't care about, we don't care about anything, whatever. Um, I know I'm from my city. Uh, I love my city. Uh, I think it's an important town, and I'm going to put my city on, and, and we'll talk about it later. <laughs> yeah. I'll put my city on, and that's it. Yeah. yeah. For real, man. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into this uh, into your uh, your next song choice. We've got uh, the oxymorons with two R's uh, with justice. Uh, what can you tell us about uh, about the oxymorons, and what can you tell us about this tune? Yeah, a New York based band. Um, I think they. I put this on. I put this on for a lot of different reasons. Uh, the first and foremost reason is that the message in this song is amazing. Uh, it really resonates uh, with me and uh, where I am right now, where a lot of people are right now. And I think um, a lot of people get caught, caught, caught in the rhythm and the music, uh, but don't get caught in the words. And you really just need to take in the words of these songs. Why are they even saying anything if you're not going to listen? <laughs> so, so, so it's this beautifully delivered uh, song. Uh, and I just got to speak to them as people. Um, right now I'm doing something that I don't see a lot of people doing in in punk rock uh at all which is i am using my platform to to, to uplift other people primarily you know uh so i they're one of the people that have offered advice uh they're a much larger band than us and they're willing to even talk to us like right. in this day and age like where the amount of likes uh you have is your currency and the amount of ability that people take you seriously the fact that these guys are willing to have real conversations to us just as musicians, as black musicians, uh, and craft ways in which we can uplift our community. It mm -hmm. shows you what type of people they are. Um, like, I, like I, I'm getting emotional thinking. They're just amazing. Yeah. I think they're amazing. I've never met them except online, but you can just tell their vibe that they're going to win because their hearts are in the right place. Yeah. So what are, what are some things that they've sort of, you know, that, that they've shared with you that have had an impact? What's happening at, what's, honestly, it's just this consistent conversation. Um, right. they've, they, they've recognized what we're doing on our platform, and they've mm -hmm. put it on their platform. Um, so what I'm trying to inspire is to get a community uh, of artists that look like me uh, to collaborate with each other. Um, right. And that doesn't necessarily mean be on each other's songs. That means introduce me to your fan base. Let me introduce mm -hmm. you to mine. Um, let me know that you exist. Um, before this moment uh, of me pushing all these bands, I would be—I would bet my entire life that that most people I knew couldn't name five bland five bands with black black people in it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Like, like you have to dig deep. Not ones that are yeah. active right now. You have to dig deep. Yeah. Uh, so, um, why is that? Why don't I know that? Um, yeah. I don't know that because these bands aren't forwarded to me. Uh, I'm and I don't and I'm lazy and I haven't searched for it. Uh, right. so you got to like that's it. I'm lazy. I got my I got my playlist. It's on my it's my plate. Yeah. <laughs> They've already procured it for me. It's delicious, right? But there's more delicious things out there. It just brings yeah. me back to the time when I started finding music, which was I was searching for it aggressively, right? Yeah. So I started searching aggressively. These guys were down. These are one of the bands I found, uh, and uh, like and I'm just connecting everybody to each other in a big ecosystem. Like the more of us that know about each other. 
and these guys are down for that message is uh, is the best. The, this is how this whole thing is going to succeed. Yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting because it, it just sort of, it brings us back to kind of what you were saying earlier, where like the way people discover new artists these days isn't they don't go out looking for them. They just get oh. sent to them through their playlists. So, Absolutely. you know, make, making it all the more important to sort of have, you know, a, a bit, you know, a sort of, I guess, pulling back the curtain on what goes on there. I have some different things in your plate. Um, let's go back to searching for things. And like, I really, really want to stress that, like, no band just wants a handout uh, on, on this. Nobody wants to, oh, listen to me because I'm black. That's dumb. Um, that's dumb. Yeah. What I do want is just a little bit of recognition. Uh, yeah. I want the same opportunities and the same access to these opportunities. And when you listen to me, you decide. Maybe I'm not your flavor. And if I'm not your flavor, that's fine. I'm yeah. posting playlists of a hundred different bands that might be your flavor. Maybe you consider them too. And that's yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I want to take it back to something that you said earlier, you know, the importance of sort of like words and lyrics, like I, I've been finding it kind of interesting sort of seeing um, like sort of pushback against, you know, the, the, the artist that jumps to mind the most is Rage Against the Machine where, you know, there's, there's lots of folks that are sort of saying like, your, your songs are political. Like, yep. you know, it's, <laughs> what? What machine were you raising against this whole time? <laughs> it's just like, and it's it's so bizarre to me that like that people are just listening to those songs and not paying attention to the lyrics. So like, what do you think are some ways that like, I don't know, you can just kind of get people to pay attention to the words more? Um, and I got I got to bring it back to to Steph, um, yeah. who I like really really credit and I, and I also want to highlight Dave Schiffman as well uh, who helped produce the pup record he did ours as well he also did right. um, Rage Against the Machine <laughs> oh, sorry I bought the system with them uh, and right. uh, and um, Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, anyways uh, people uh, there's a lot of information out there there's a lot of things out there and uh, what if you look at like I have a baby niece Mm-hmm. Babies, she's eight months old. If I play music, she dances. How does she know to do that? Uh, <laughs> like, how does she know to do that? How does she know to move and stuff like that? What is it making her do? So, people when they're listening to music, they're retreating within themselves and they're looking for that emotion. Um, they're not necessarily looking for what you're saying. They're looking for that sound to take them to a different place. Now, if you want to get them to pay attention to that, you have to make that message bite-sized and easy to uh, swallow. Uh, and it has to be said in a way that they can understand it. Um, so I have a lot of thoughts. So I have a lot of things that I want to say. Um, cash. I want more money and I want more recognition. Um, <laughs> how do I say that in these bars? These people are pissing me off. All right. Hmm. Run your shit. <laughs> and that's how the lyric came about. Uh, so, you know, um, so anybody, any artist that's really like just looking at their songwriting process, I would say, Really, really, really slow down and space out your words uh, in the times of the most impactful moments. Um, make sure that they can hear that and make sure it's said in a way that they can distinguish it in the song um, like and elevate that part. Um, you can say a hundred different words. I think the way Steph put it was like, man, 75% of what I say is, is this babbling. But yeah. like, that's 25% though. You gonna listen to that twenty five? You gonna listen to that twenty five? <laughs> so genius! That guy's a flipping genius. It changed my whole life. Yeah. 
<laughs> when he said that. Um, so that's the I think that's the best way to put it. Like they're not going to hear everything. It is what it is. Use your platform to make sure that you get that message across, yeah. and then say that message in bite-sized form so they understand it. Yeah, absolutely. Alrighty. Well, with that, this is Oxymorons with Justice on CJRU. Uh, next up is our CanCon quota segment of the show. Um, yes. So, uh, you know, obviously, I think it's 30% of content played on Canadian radio has to be Canadian. And in addition yeah. to being a podcast, we're a radio show. So we've got to 
got to keep up with our CanCon quota, but you've, uh, you've picked uh, Claremont II's brand new album. Um, and what, what do you like about this album? I think it's a classic album. Um, I, this, is the, this is the one hip-hop album that I chose. Uh, it, is, it is a hip-hop album. Uh, and and uh, it's this kid. I'm sorry, I don't want a kid. This man is, he's inspired me to the levels that you need to love music, the levels that you need to love art. Um, by himself, he's made this album. What does that mean? It's not just that he wrote the lyrics, he did the music. He's made the videos, he made the visuals, the videos, the visuals. He's done everything. This guy is obsessed with music. He's Einstein. This guy's Einstein. This guy's Steve Jobs. This guy's obsessed with this. So you can hear the obsession. You can see how it pays off. It's amazing. Um, I don't think I've heard a better hip hop album this century. And wow. like, and this is not just me just talking. Talk like this guy is really good. <laughs> this guy's sick. Like, I, like, and the and the thing about him is like, I don't even understand why. I wish more people would just say that. I feel like he knows he knows he's really good. Now tell people. I want people to know, feel the same way you do that. I feel about you. They should, yeah. uh, they're not going to pay attention to you if you whisper. Yell it. Yeah. <laughs> so he's amazing. I think it's an album that everybody should listen to. Uh, press play. Alrighty, let's check it out then. This is It's Not How It Sounds by Claremont II on CJRU. Tell me what you like, don't comment on my life. Niggas I don't like, first to give advice. We not meeting twice if you silent to the wife. They hard to be quiet, they ain't putting me on ice. I done been on eyes, I done been on CRTs, I done been on wides. Used to be outside, done being outside. Too many niggas I don't like. I should stop being a punk, parents done prayed over my life. Jamaican spots on Jane, got me red sauce on the fried. Always hella broke, borrow money from the guys. Had to give it back in quarters if they gave a five. Mom was back in school, the money low, but this inspiring. What a different time. Hitting in the Acura of Hezzy got the ride. Got back from the dealership, now I'm whipping mine. Ain't rode a bus in time. Shout out my homie God, been waiting for that live. If you want to owe me, you should go back to him. The avenue construction got the blocking ruins. I'm laughing at him, talking way more than they moving. Not a movie, never pay somebody. Other angles to me, ah. Tell me what you like, don't comment on my life Niggas I don't like, first to give advice We not meeting twice, if you silent to the wife They hard to be quiet, they ain't putting me on ice I done been on eyes, I done been on CRTs I done been on wides, used to be outside Done being outside, too many niggas I don't like I should stop being a punk, parents done prayed over my life <laughs> Prayed over my life Don't expect the conversation, not naming a price Letting y'all slide All the bills on my arrest Don't cut me no slack To figure out life Hey, Prayed over my life I'm done letting y'all slide Done being outside Too many niggas I don't like I should stop being a punk Parents done prayed over my
nothing, homie, I'm just checking it. Very people, when I doze, we speak again. It's always brief, they're trying to sleep, they need the rest. But wow, what we need before our time I still see you when I dream sometimes I hope that when I dream of you You dream of me
ain't paranoid, I'm just not stupid. I ain't grow the same way that you did. I ain't live the same place that you did. Niggas in my area will do it. I don't affiliate, I just make movements. I ain't making noise when I do it. Check my accolades if you asking me to prove it. Check my accolades if you asking me to prove it. Pro- prove it. Um, all right, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap things up with uh, with your guys' latest single, "Not Again." Uh, what can you tell us about this tune? Oof, that song that song is a it's a it's a fun tune, man. Like it's I would super say garagey. That, yeah, man. Like we uh, writing that song, I had to I wrote and rewrote that song as well because that's just what I do. I write until I record. Um, and when I still rewrite, uh, that song I would say is literally deeply personal. I'm yeah. writing about real conversations I've had. Uh, I'm writing about uh, real feelings I feel about myself. Um, like outside of feeling out of the best, I also am deeply insecure as well. <laughs> as, well as well, right? And you can be both. Um, so, uh, so uh, yeah, man. I would say like it's just a it's just a cool song, man. Like. Uh, we combine a bunch of different elements, a lot of different things, and uh, I think we just approach it in our own unique way that stands out. And uh, uh, I really, really greatly enjoyed recording that song. Uh, yeah, that's the best thing I can say about it. Yeah, yeah. alrighty, man. Well, I, I absolutely love it. Like I said, super garagey, super heavy, gritty, and it's you know, and if it has lyrics that are that are meaningful and personal, that makes it all the more special. Um, yeah. So before we listen to it, we usually like to get you guys to, you know, plug anything you've got going on. Obviously, no tours at the moment, but uh, but what can yeah, where I'm can on tour. people check you out? What can they uh, what can they expect to hear from you guys? Perfect. Well, we're at the OBGMs on everything. That's at the OBGMs on everything and uh, things that we go got going on right now. We just released not again. Just had the video for that. Um, we're gonna be releasing uh, singles throughout the summer. Um, expect another one uh, by uh, next month, uh, and uh, we'll be releasing an album uh, later this year, depending on uh, what happens with the apocalypse, right? Uh, <laughs> I don't want to make too much plans, right? I already, already made a plan last year. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so uh, um, what's going on with us is, is we're literally just trying to have uh, honest discussions uh, with, with uncomfortable discussions with anybody that's willing to have them. Right. We're raising up melanated voices and we're being very, very bold in that. We're being very loud in our support of uh, black indigenous or people of color front advance and getting them in the conversation. And that's going to happen everywhere all the time. Uh, yeah. And uh, we're going to get in your face with that. This is something that's important to me. Uh, and uh, and it is what it is. I can't be shy. Uh, closed mouth, don't get fed. Uh, I'll deliver in a bite-sized way that you can understand support us <laughs> and, 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 and that's it um yeah man just support us yeah. support boys bro support your boys man what's going yeah. on what's uh, that's support your boys we out here man <laughs> grammy <laughs> polaris nobel prize <laughs> like, i want them <laughs> all righty before we wrap up this week's show thanks to dens from the obgms for chatting with us And uh, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And this is Not Again by the OBGMs on CJRU.